Hi, I'm Jeff Parker. Hi there, I'm Dan Abnett. And I'm Andy Lanning. Hi, this is Jonathan Hickman. Hey, this is Ron Mars. I just want to congratulate you guys on 100 episodes. I've listened to at least two of them because that's how many I've, I've appeared on. So, um, only 98 to go. Hello, dear readers. I'm Kieran Gillen. Please, I'm glad that you asked. I'm Victor Gishler. Okay, hi. This is Dan Jurgens, writer and artist of Booster Gold. Hey, guys, it's Tom from the Sideways Tower. I just wanted to wish you a happy 100th episode. You're still the best part of my Monday, and I want to do naughty things every time I listen. Thank you. Hi, this is Moff Wolfman, uh, co-creator of uh, New Teen Titans and Blade the Vampire Hunter and many other characters. This is Matt Sturgis. Hi, my name is JT Cruel. I write Green Arrow, Fathom, Soulfire, and Minefield. Hey, guys, this is Mark Pope. I wrote the theme song for your all's show. You guys are doing a great job coming up on the 100th episode. And uh, that's awesome. I am uh, still waiting for the Beetle Bailey and or Broomhilda episode, but you guys keep it up. I'm Jake Ekus. I'm the uh, creator of Solomon Azua. Hi, I'm Christos Gage, writer of Avengers Academy. Hi, I'm David Peterson, creator of Mouse Guard. Hi, my name is Philip Sablick. I'm the publisher over at Top Now. I'm Fred Van Lenty, writer of Amazing Spider-Man, Marvel Zombies, and Hercules. Uh, what's the name of your show again? Hi, this is Daryl Gregory. Congratulations to Funny Books with Aaron and Polly, who still have listeners a hundred episodes later, which adds up to about three hundred dog years. So, congratulations, guys. Hello, this is Joe Field, the uh, founder of Free Comic Book Day and the owner of one of the premier comic book stores in the world, Flying Colors Comics and other cool stuff. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly. Hi, this is Jeff Gerber. I'm a comic book lawyer. Hi, this is Jim Starlin, and congratulations, uh, Funny Books with uh, Aaron and Polly. The Big 100. Good for you. Hi, this is Matt Fraction, and my driver's license is expired. Hi, this is John Lehman, writer of Q, writer of Champions Online, writer of a bunch of other stuff. Hi, this is Rick Remender, writer of Punisher. Hi, this is Dan Slott, writer of Marvel's Amazing Spider-Man. And you're listening to Funny Books with Aaron and Polly. Congratulations on hitting 100! Oh my God, you talked a hundred times and pushed a button and put it on the internet. Oh my God. with Aaron, Polly, Tim, Wayne, New Jonathan, and Old Jonathan. I'm Aaron. I'm Polly. This is Wayne. This is Tim. This is New Jonathan. This is Old Jonathan. Howdy, howdy, Ooh. look. Worlds are colliding. <laughs> Welcome to Big Episode 100. Does anyone else find it awkward having New and Old Jonathan in the same room here? It's like uh, having your New and Old Mommy in the same room. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> they were fighting over the Schmeckenfield seat a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> we each have to just put one butt cheek on each side. You know, old Jonathan is sitting in new Jonathan's lap. <laughs> that seems appropriate. Exactly. It does he keeps rubbing me in odd ways though? That's how he says hi. <laughs> As part of the hundredth episode event, several of us went to go see Green Lantern yesterday, and of course. 
it was the fantastic superhero movie that we all knew and hoped that it would be, right? Uh, that'd be a uh, no. Yeah, I, I give it a great big meh. It was mm, not good. Oh, was it, it eye rape? It was. It was. It was spectacularly bad. I thought I would not go as far as eye rape, but maybe some eye molestation was involved. I, I, I inappropriate touching. I I won't go any further than meh. I mean, it was definitely no Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex was eye rape. You know, here's the difference between Jonah Hex and Green Lantern. I didn't fall asleep twice in Jonah Hex because I was bored. I fell asleep twice in Green Lantern because I was like, I, I was just so bored, could not care what was happening on the screen. With oh, Green so Lantern, it's a lot least, like Ang Lee's Hulk. Oh God, that was horrible. I think Ang Lee's Hulk is a better movie. I see. At wow. least with Green Lantern, I thought the first fifteen minutes or so was actually enjoyable. Everything I thought I was going to hate about it, which was Ryan Reynolds' overly comedic, you know, take on the character, I actually enjoyed. That was the only thing that was worth anything in the movie. That then it started getting boring and started getting really horrible. But yeah, first 15 minutes I actually did enjoy before he became Green Lantern. Well, you know, I really enjoyed Kilowog, but there's just so many plot inconsistencies. There's so many things that happen that make no sense. People make decisions that are pointless. Like after the trailer, what was that? What was that? that that was actually my wife turned to me as we're walking out. She's like, why did he do that? Yeah. Yeah. And what yeah. they're talking about is they spend a lot of time in the movie making the yellow ring, you know, so that they can they can control the fear uh, powers and they don't need to use the ring in the movie. So after the credits, spoiler, Sinistro takes the ring out of where it was. And Sinistro has been a good guy throughout the whole movie. You know, he's a dick, but he's been a good guy throughout the whole movie. There was just no motivation for him to do that at all. Now, it's a nice scene where his costume changes, but uh, there was no reason for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, they're teasing Green Lantern 2, but uh, uh, <laughs> which may look better than Green Lantern 1. But there are just so many logical inconsistencies in, in the plot line that make zero sense. Plus, like Wayne said, the first 15 minutes were great. Kilowog, why did we not have more Kilowog? Because that yeah. guy was pretty awesome. Well, you know, the... I thought the movie was just so poorly directed. Like there's this one scene where Hector Hammond and uh, Green Lantern have pretty much just knocked each other out. And the, 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 the big scene between the two of them is them laying side by side to each other on the floor for several minutes. And I'm like, really? This is your big you know, action drama moment in, in the movie? It could not have been less interesting on the screen. I also am pretty much sick of Parallax in every version. Well, and did it did it seem to you that the Parallax effect looked an awful lot like a combination between the Galactus effect from uh, Fantastic Four um, as well as the special effects on the Dr. Smith alien creature in Lost in Space? My wife says they borrowed the the dreadlock wig from Joe Dirt and used that as Parallax. (laughs) I and when when are people going to learn that you know the big cloud, not a good villain? <laughs> I just oh oh movie I, is so bad. Is, wait, I is like this the, the same big cloud from Siege? <laughs> Similar. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I did like the adjusted origin of Parallax. I thought it was cool having Parallax be a guardian, but I still hated that Parallax was the villain. It just 
Hector Hammond got the short short end of the stick because of it. I would have rather seen something that Hal could have fought better. Yeah. And I'm just I'm sick of parallax. Can I can I say something here? Sure. It shocks me that they used Hector Hammond as the villain for this movie. Because Hector Hammond is literally one of the stupidest character designs oh. in the history of comics. I, he, he is so not interesting, and I dislike, the, I dislike the comic book character intensely. Yep. Yeah, and he's not the big villain. He's just a puppet. Well, he's I, the one villain. He's the one villain you actually see him fight, though, because you, like, right. like we said, you can't fight a cloud. So right. the only time we actually see Green Lantern fight someone is with Hector Hammond. Yeah. It, uh, the movie is just terrible. I mean, and I hate to say it, I, I really do enjoy superhero movies, and I think all three of us had low expectations going in. So, you know, I was hoping that going in with low expectations, I was going to be pleasantly surprised and find a movie that I could find some level of enjoyment in, and I could not. There wasn't, you know, uh, Wayne saying he liked the first 15 minutes of the movie. I didn't like any part of this movie. I mean, I just, the, the, I, I didn't like, I didn't like the, 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 the direction. I didn't care for the writing. I thought that there was a lot of good talent on the screen, you know, in terms of the, the actors, but all of them were misused. You know, I mean, I, I, I have a hard time believing that, you know, they were saying these lines and, and not going, really? I'm in this movie? <laughs> you know, yeah. wasn't there not, a, a lifetime movie of the week that I could have been in instead? <laughs> you know, I'm not that quite quite that negative but uh there were two or three parts that i really enjoyed uh most of it i was uh, some of it just made me crazy angry but uh if you ha- are going to go see this in a theater you might want to reconsider that just just wait for dvd okay wait, wait so, for cable so andrew yeah which parts of the movie did you enjoy well i, I liked kilowog uh, i thought he was great the whole you know ring slinging 101 I, I thought he was just perfect uh then I did enjoy the first 15 minutes when he and Carol are out flying planes, uh, you know, and he's late. And, he, and then he goes to his uh, nephew. Oh, best actor in the movie, Ryan Reynolds' nephew. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, that was a great scene when he goes to the birthday party and con- uh-huh. consoles him. Uh, and you're, you're right. I, mean, that, that, that scene, I thought that scene worked, you know, and I liked there, – there was a nice callback later in the movie because, you know, there's the kid's got his little Hot Wheels set up there. And then Hal Jordan uses that as a construct later in the film. Yep. Um, so yeah, I thought that scene worked. It was a rarity in that film. Well, I loved, and probably the one other thing I'll mention, uh, the ones, the bits I liked was when uh, he lands on the balcony behind uh, Carol Farrell's Ferris for the first time. She comes out there, and he, he's in costume, and she's staring at him, and she's like, she's like, how? He gets this look, this surprised look on his face, like, what? No, not. Mm. And she's like, I've known you your entire life. Do you think I'm not going to recognize you because I can't see your cheekbones? Like you that. know, I had a big like issue that. with the uh, the helicopter crash scene because he takes that as this huge victory. I've saved hundreds of people. Well, no, he didn't do anything until after the helicopter had already ran through whoever who knows how many people. And it's all, <laughs> he only steps in to save Carol. So there like, was a got, bit of a you've got the rig. Stop it before it goes through the, you know, 20, 30 people. It does for Carol. Yeah. Well, he did. He, yeah, there was a good bit of property damage. He did not uh, prevent there. There was there was a lot of staging in the movie that I, I really had a problem with. Like the, uh, I, I thought that the the spaceship crash was just really uninteresting in the way they had that position. It's just like you know, it's this boat washed up ashore, and, yeah. I, and I couldn't figure out why. Why did we, you know, in the 
in the book, the ship crash lands in the desert, right? And the in the and here, you know, it's here in the water. But there really wasn't any reason for that, and they'd already spent all this time in the desert earlier in the movie, and it just didn't make any sense. There were choices that didn't make any sense to me, and you know, the the way they was positioned in the water, it just wasn't the 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 images on the screen weren't interesting at all. I thought, you know, it was just very very bland. Yeah, no, there was a lot of stuff that didn't make sense. I like when Hal went back to Oa to ask for permission to fight for his planet when he could just stayed on his planet and fought for it. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. I was like, why did you go no. all the way back to Oa? To yeah, it didn't make any sense. And uh, you know, so much of the movie is shot in CG, right? You know, it's it's all digital effects and whatnot. And I have a sense that they didn't know what certain you know sets were going to look like. <laughs> because there's there's this one bit of dialogue and how dare you enter this chamber? Well, they're outside. You know, how dare you barge into this chamber? And I'm like, um, there's not a roof and there's no <laughs> walls. This isn't really a chamber. I mean, and and why did the why did the guardians have bubbles on their heads? And why such long cloaks? A <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Well, I would, think, I would think you'd trip over that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you fly everywhere, I mean, it's that seems awkward. Yeah. I kind of got the impression they don't ever move. But they did. Remember, they were down for the forging of the ring. Oh, that's right. They were, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. That was such a forgettable scene that I didn't remember it. Oh, that's that such was a forgettable movie. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's the, that ring scene could have been, you know, great. And it was just meh. Okay. So, so here's the thing. Green Lantern, you know, DC's out there trying to you know, make a big push. And, you know, we can make movies just as cool as Marvel does. And the uh, what was the animated film called? Uh, First Flight. Yeah. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah. First Flight was really good. They should have made that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, better script, better acting, better, better special effects. You know, and I wanted to see the fall of Sinestro as the movie. Something character-driven, not parallax-driven. So, you know, I, I was thinking about, you know, if I was going to make the Green Lantern movie, what story would I tell, you know, to – instead of this one, you know? Because, I mean, you, you do have to tell the origin. And I think that – I don't think you reveal the whole core straight out of the bat, you know, straight out of the gate. You know, the, I mean, Hal gets the ring, he suits up, and the next thing you know, he's on Oa. You know, I think I think that happens at the end of the movie. You know, you, you let him kind of, you know, get led by the ring. You have the the, you know, Aben Sur's like logs coming up and, and, and directing him and educating him, you know, uh, and you you give him some kind of earthbound villain that's not Hector Hammond. So that said, Paul, what, what, what villain would you throw it at uh, at uh, Green Lantern in the first movie? Atrocitus. So you'd bring in a, a another space villain for the for the first movie. Yeah, I would have. Well, I mean, the whole thing's space shit. So I would have gone with Atrocitus to start off with. That way, you could set up the whole the whole mythos from the very beginning. Um, you know, and that you know the secret origin book. Mm -hmm. And I know none of you guys have seen Emerald Knights yet, the Emerald Knights animated movie. But you know, it sets up. You know, Abin Sur is hunting down Atrocitus. Uh, Atrocitus is the one who kills Abin Sur. You know, it, it just it could have set up that whole thing, I think, um, you know, because that Sinestro and how Jordan teamed up to, to fight Atrocitus. I think that probably would have worked as a as a Green Lantern villain. I just I just fucking hate Hector Hammond. I yeah, really hate Hector Hammond. I hate that guy. 
I don't like characters with big heads, unless they're Mogo, who's only a big head. That's okay. Yeah, I mean, Modoc sucks too, so. Oh, Modoc. That's what I was thinking. Mogo's, yeah, Mogo's like, the uh, planet. Mogo's a world. Yeah, what sorry. About, what I'm about at Modoc. The, uh, the Sugar Man? The Sugar He's Man? a big head. Who's that? Marvel Is this Sugar something Man. I'm going to Google and regret it? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> He's a Marvel character from the Age of Apocalypse. Oh. Okay, so it's a real thing. <laughs> I'm not going to get like some vile picture on my Google when I load it up. <laughs> you still could. Just go Google, and I feel lucky. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and only do image searches. And the, you know, Sugar Man Blue Waffle. Just search on that. <laughs> I, hate yes. it. I hate it so much. That traumatized me. Tim, would you, do you have a recommendation for a first storyline or first villain for Green Lantern? I, I would have made it Sinestro. I, I would have done the first part of setting it up, you know, so that Sinestro was a good guy, and then he got the yellow ring. But I don't see how you make a Green Lantern movie without Sinestro as your enemy, first mm-hmm. thing off the bat. Same thing. I would have based it kind of around Emerald Dawn, where you see the you know he, him get the ring, him get trained by Sinestro and by Kilowog, and then uh, him be put under Sinestro and start to discover... You know, Sinestro has enslaved his his sector, and that would have been that'd be the big arc. It would have been yeah. big story, you know, big character moments between the two of them. They would have become essentially friends until Hal has discovered what he's done. Well, you know, I really want to say Eclipso, but you know, it's the first storyline. <laughs> you, you hate Eclipso. God, I hate Eclipso. I like almost Eclipso. as anyway. much as I hate Hector Hammond. But go ahead. All right. Um, well, you know, with the whole possessing people's bodies, you, know, you could have it be someone, you know, near and dear to him who gets possessed that you've already set up. He has a relationship with. But it's kind of that first storyline. So, yeah, I think it would have to be something Sinestro. I don't know if I would make Sinestro evil in the first one, but uh, I think I think you'd have to involve maybe Sinestro going to Earth, being arrogant, you know, dragging him back to Oa for training. And then maybe towards the end, having him having him become the bad guy in the last third of the movie, maybe. Well, uh, I could have went two different ways. Uh, either Bane, you know, maybe break, breaks the uh, Green Lantern's back. Uh huh. Yeah. Or, uh, or I would have went with the, an original creation, uh, the urination wave. The urination wave. Well, it's yellow. Yeah. Of course. Well, it depends on how much water it drank. It could be clear. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good point. <laughs> that, that's a good point that needed to be made. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. That's how they win. That's how they win at the end. Just pour water in it. <laughs> well, the uh, the three hosts who saw the film don't recommend it. So uh, you have been warned. I, I would I would say don't pay money for it. Uh, <laughs> Steal it. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, sneak into that theater. <laughs> You're on funny books with Aaron and Polly, apparently. <laughs> no, no, I would never advocate stealing. But uh, I, I would say, you know, wait for a, your friend to buy it on DVD and borrow it from them, maybe. Because, you know, every, everybody has a sucker friend. If you don't have a sucker friend, you're the sucker friend. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> After watching it, my wife said she really wished they would have done a Kyle Reiner one, but she was afraid that it would be that they, they couldn't do it because of the whole girlfriend in the refrigerator thing. That would have been awesome, though. But yeah, that would have been with like major force because that's the Green Lantern I like. I don't want the whole core. I want there to be one that's left. But that those days are over. 
Well, and, I mean, think about it. Kyle Reiner, Kyle Reiner, sorry, just kind of stumbles upon it. I mean, couldn't we just have the whole Hal Jordan, everything be, be, be background that we don't talk about? Start with Kyle being outside that bar and having, uh, was it Ganthet, give him, give him the last ring and just start the movie series from there. I would love that. All I'm saying is as shitty as that movie probably was, I haven't seen it yet. It was probably better than the original, the original Green Lantern movie that they had um, proposed, which would have featured Jack Black, Ugh. and uh, it would have been more of a comedy. And I'm not kidding. Look it up. What? It's, it's a real thing. Jack Black was going to play the Green Lantern at one point. Back, I think, it was right after School of Rock. Oh, yeah, that would have been, been awesome. That would have been awful. <laughs> I might have gone to see it at that point. It would have made more money, probably. Just saying. Well, I don't know. Gulliver's Travels. This movie is going to lose so much money. The production budget is rumored to be three hundred million. Seriously. Yeah, Seriously. So it's advertising dollars and all that. But yeah. Yeah. That, well, the, they did advertise the hell out of this movie. Yeah. I mean, this yeah, movie was all everywhere. I mean, I have no I, doubt that Green Lantern will be number one at the box office this weekend. But if they have a three hundred million dollar budget, yeah, they're going to lose a ton of money. When a film like Super 8 can be made for $50 million, um, I'm pretty sure $300 million just seems a bit excessive. Just saying. Okay, so this is our 100th episode. So what we did is we solicited feedback, voicemails, all sorts of bullshit from our listeners. And we have a, a list of great questions that we're going to respond to. Um, starting with, and this one's an easy one, the appropriate pronunciation of the following words. Oh, this will be easy. We'll all be in agreement here, now, obviously. Well, We'll spell it in the chat room, table, and have people pronounce it. So okay. here's the first one, and All we're right. going to start with Andrew. Okay. Continuity. Okay. Tim. Continuity. Jonathan. Continuity. Paul. Continuity. Wayne. I'll always call it continuity. If, <laughs> if, I don't care if it's supposed to be continuity. It's so ingrained in my head as continuity that I can't stop it. <laughs> no matter how many times you guys correct me, it's always going to be continuity because that's how it set, goes in my head. I can't break it. You know, Wayne, I thought you were insane until we come up to one of these other next words. <laughs> I actually understand so, how you do this. So, Wayne, pronounce this word. Odin. Paul. Odin. Jonathan. Odin. Andrew. Oh, that'd be Odin. Tim. Okay, so I <laughs> I recognize it's pronounced Odin. In my head, it's Odin. I, I, I acknowledge I'm wrong, and I, cor- I corrected myself. It's, it's Wait, Odin. But if I say did you it, say if I'm... Odin? <laughs> like, <laughs> is he Jewish? <laughs> it's a Jewish Norse god. If we're talking fast, I'm, I might say Wayden. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. So, I understand where Wayne's coming from. Tim, tell me this word. Saga. Uh huh. Andrew. That'd be a saga. Jonathan. Saga. Paul. Saga. Wayne. Saga. <laughs> Now, Aaron, I, how would you pronounce that word? Yeah, Aaron. I think I'm Saga. <laughs> saga? Is that like a Sega knockoff system? Saga. <laughs> exactly. The Saga. That's what you buy on the corner street. Saga. Yeah, I, I think I'm the odd man out on that one. Shocker. Uh, 
What was the <laughs> one you pronounced? I, I, oh, I, rec- I recognize that, that, that it's also pronounced Saga, but I, you know, I, uh, not also <laughs> pronounced Saga. <laughs> so Saga. <laughs> you know, I'm At surprised we're that, consistent uh, with our continuity. <laughs> oh. I'm a little surprised. Well, I, that, got, I, got a, I got a bonus one. Hold on. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say I was a little surprised James didn't put uh yeah that one yes I was surprised James didn't put that one on the list. <laughs> Which one is that one, Andrew? <laughs> That'd be Spider Man. <laughs> or Spider Man. Spider Man. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's Spider Man. Spider Man sounds like Spider Man with extra spi- <laughs> extra fiber. So so Paul, how would you say that one you just put in? Um, I have. Said it as subsequent, <laughs> <laughs> but that was on a Funny Books Unleashed or Unlimited. That was on an FBU episode, so you know, it doesn't that was really in a alternate alternate timeline. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, amazing 100th episode where we talk about word pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> There's three minutes of our lives we'll never get back. So I hope we, I hope we Hi, least, everybody. Yeah, I hope we at least uh, you know entertain the one person that asked that question. Well, James, you know, James asked that question. He asked another one, too, which which maybe we can knock through real quick. You want to know, who, who's the best Spider-Man love? Gwen Stacy, Mary Jane Watson, or Felicia Hardy? Why don't we start with Jonathan? New, old, old Jonathan, not new Jonathan. There you go. Thank you. Blue Waffle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I've never really liked any of the loves in Spider-Man's life. I think I think that he really just goes for shallow bitches. Um <laughs> God, <laughs> but uh, it's I the misogyny cast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's it's it, all right. Look, it's true. Go back, read all three of those female characters. They are all shallow, stuck-up bitches. But Felicia Hardy is the hottest. <laughs> I gotta say, I uh, I agree with Jonathan on this because. Uh, Neither Mary Jane nor Gwen Stacy. I mean, Gwen Stacy didn't live long enough to do it. Uh, took a bath in milk. Just <laughs> true. That true. is true. That is true. Yeah. That is true. Uh, Aaron, who do you got? Well, I, I think you have to look at it two different ways. Are you talking about a Spider-Man girlfriend? Or are you talking about a Peter Parker girlfriend? Because I think that Mary Jane is the best Peter Parker girlfriend uh, of those listed. Though I, I, I kind of like uh, – I'm with Wayne. I kind of like the new girlfriend in, in the book. But – yeah. Uh, uh, in terms of a Spider-Man girlfriend, Felicia Hardy, all the way. I, I, I really like the two of those, you know, costumed characters together. Not so much, you know, them out of out of uh, uh, costume, unless they're, you know, Felicia's naked. So, uh. <laughs> but yeah, that, that would be my answer. I mean, you know, I I disagree uh, vehemently, vehemently. I say with Jonathan that uh, I, I don't think Mary Jane was uh, shallow at all. I thought she had a very well-developed character and backs up. What? So, I also I, think it depends on which version of Spider-Man. Cause like ultimate right. Spider-Man, I like Gwen Stacy better regular Spider-Man. I like Mary Jane Watson better. Uh, Spider-Man from the sensational Spider-Man cartoon loved Gwen Stacy in that one. All right, Tim, who do you got? Carly Cooper. I'm me too. I'm right there with um, you, Tim. But, I mean, like, okay, so just given these choices, Felicia Hardy was all about the spider, and she didn't yeah. really give a crap about Peter. So exactly. Yeah. Her. Ex- yes. And Gwen Stacy was, like, puppy love, so that kind of leaves Let's- Mary Jane as, like, the, the first, like, real adult relationship he had. So. 
Yeah, but I'm, I'm breaking James. Her. I'm breaking James' rule. I'm going with Carly. Oh, that's, well, that's my if answer. If we're allowed to break his rule, yeah, I'll go with Carly too. I think she's way more interesting than the. Who Mary the hell James is that? <laughs> she uh, has a new girlfriend. She yeah, has a Spider-Man has... tattoo on her hoo-ha. No, it's not on her hoo-ha. It's on her hip, man. The hip you is know. not the hoo-ha. Do I need to come there and give you a lesson? <laughs> no, actually, I really don't. Actually, we should record it for the show. Yeah, go ahead. Come on over. <laughs> All right, I'm getting my plane ticket. Hold on. Sex education if... with Andrew and Polly. That is just disturbing. No, but Jonathan, she's a uh, CSI she uh, the right investigator. Part of the Oh, wait, yeah, I, I think I know who you're talking about. I think I've seen her in a couple issues back when I was reading it. Yeah, she's, she's a roller derby girl. How can you not pick Harley Cooper? Yeah. Yeah, if we're breaking his you know, his three given, she'd be the one I'd go with right now, too. Wasn't, right. wasn't, uh, wasn't Mary Jane cheating on Peter all the time? No. No. Yes. When they dated. Did once. Yeah. I think like when they were high school and dating, didn't she like play Flash and Peter off each other? But like in the nineties uh, when she was oh, smoking. Well, and then there was like, that whole Devil's Three Way thing. Yeah. With the actual devil. With with Flash. Yeah, and, uh, right. The actual devil. <laughs> <laughs> Mephisto. <laughs> no, that was his move. That wasn't his name. All right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tim had it right during the David Michelin uh, Todd McFarlane era, where she started, where she picked up smoking and all that shit. See, nothing good comes from smoking. Plus, she <laughs> left Spider-Man like four times. She left. I mean, she kept going. Like, I'm going to go to California and be an actress. Yeah, that's that's, that's the back. best girl for him. Let me tell you, <laughs> that's what you want. <laughs> So, you know, one thing that, that you can you can certainly say about uh, everybody on this show is that we've all got a lot of very strong opinions, and we, we usually bring those every week concerning the books that we're talking about. And so after 100 episodes, which of the books or story arcs have we changed our minds about? You know, maybe maybe we had we came out real strongly about a book, you know, uh, when, we, when we recorded about it, but then episodes later, you know, we having lived with it for a while, we've changed our mind. So, Paul, can you think of any that uh, you've changed your mind on? Yeah, yeah. You guys are going to hate this. Grant Morrison, Batman. Fuck you, Paul. Oh, <laughs> man. In the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I did not like it when it first started. Now it's one of my favorite books on the rack. And oh, not it's... only that, it gave us Damian Wayne. And Damian Wayne is one of my favorite new characters in the last ten years in comics. You know, there is a medical term for this, Paul. It's called Stockholm Syndrome. You know, know, Paul, I was getting out the Paul knife until you pulled the Damian Wayne shield, and I'm like, all right. (laughs) It's a Grant Morrison creation. Mm. I got to give him that, and I love the shit out of Damian Wayne. That's so so wrong. I mean, he's a little boy. You shouldn't love him like that. Those feelings are not appropriate. No, those feelings are not appropriate, Paul. Not like a Spartan. I'm not like that, you know. (laughs) More like a Batman to a Robin kind of love. It just Again, feels like an, you just can't love somebody like that. They're that young. It feels like a uh, very codependent <laughs> relationship between you and Grant Morris. I don't think it's healthy. I, I don't either. I don't either. I don't think so. I'll get used to it. You're going to read them on Superman. Well, you're not. <laughs> yeah. Through that. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I thought about this, and I can't really pinpoint any specific book or story arc where I felt like I changed my mind. Um. But when I got to thinking about this, I I, I kind of went to the the more the the how did how have I changed as a as a consumer, and 
uh, you know, back in the day, I didn't think there would be a time where I wasn't getting Thor and or Teen Titans, <laughs> but uh, I felt like this podcast has uh, kind of given me a little bit more leeway to uh, kind of open up my comic book horizon, so to speak. So even though I'm like a negative Nancy, basically, on this thing, I feel like there's a lot of books that I've given a chance to that have paid off in spades, and I've been a little bit I've had more of a uh, discerning eye when it comes to stuff that I've blindly loved. So I guess that's what I can say. So it doesn't really answer your question, but that's where I went with it when I started thinking about it. You get no credit for this answer. It was almost like you said nothing at all. Well, I could have just been like, I didn't change my mind. I'm still saying <laughs> so. Uh, that would have been a fair answer. Yeah. All right. There you go. I, I emerged in this world fully formed. Just well, just, just edit that out then. I don't care. <laughs> Jonathan? Which one? Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I would say uh, I've changed my mind on uh, the Marvel Universe as a whole. How so? <laughs> uh, well, back when I first uh, joined the cast, uh, it was to bring a little bit of Marvel to the cast. Uh, but... Uh, the more I've gotten back into comics and reading both Marvel and DC, the big two publishers are really shitty right now. And uh, I found the most enjoyment from image books, and I never thought I would say that. So which uh, image books are you enjoying? Uh, well, I'm still reading Haunt. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Uh, Invincible, Walking Dead, Anything else that Robert Kirkman writes for Image? So Super Dinosaur? <laughs> yes, Super Dinosaur is also very good. So, uh, Wayne? Haunt. We all in the beginning were so jumping, you know, jumping out and talking about how wonderful Haunt was for the first issue. And it it completely fell apart. And going back, I've reread that first story arc, too, and I did not enjoy it the second time nearly as much so jonathan wayne fight it out (laughs) cage match only one will survive (laughs) two go in one comes out it's thunderdome haunt haunt's still good (laughs) (laughs) jonathan Jonathan comes out swinging (laughs) haunt has not haunt has not changed i have changed (laughs) for the for the worse apparently I would say, other than that, I don't think I ever mentioned it on the air, but when All-Star Superman first came out, I hated it. I was picking up the individual issues and absolutely hated everything about it. And then uh, I've recently reread it as a trade and enjoyed it quite a bit. That's probably the biggest change from you know reading, because I, I hated it. Hey, Wayne, uh, who, who writes that book? Grant Morrison. I, I don't remember. Who wrote that? Oh, say it again. I'm sorry. Grant Morrison. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's Paul, like a virus. You, Paul, look what you have done. You've contaminated this pod. We have to burn the podcast. I, I, I just want to say, uh, Paul, I really appreciate that because it invalidated anything Wayne had to say about quality. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by Grant Morrison sucks and should never be allowed on any continuing book ever. He's His work is fine if he's given something that's completely outside of continuity completely yeah. outside of continuity <laughs> and allowed him to just run on his own, creating his own crazy world where strange things are happening. But he should never be allowed to touch any ongoing series ever. 
You don't let peer pressure change the way you pronounce things, Wayne. You say it loud, you say it proud. <laughs> Continuity. So, no. Andrew? So I'm going to go with kind of the, the Green Lantern as a whole. Uh, you know, when I started out, Blackest Night was just starting out and, and all very excited. At least I was very excited. As I recall from listening to you guys, you guys were very excited about Blackest Oh, yeah. Night. Yeah. And, of course, by the end of Blackest Night, I don't think anyone was quite as excited anymore. And the, the endless tie-ins to Blackest Night. And, you know, and maybe it's fatigue that's speaking. Maybe I'm just worn out. But it feels like Green Lantern has just been on a steady downhill course. Well, actually, no. It was like a straight peak down through Blackest Night into Brightest Day. After Brightest Day got done, it kind of it kind of had a little, little bit. It got a little bit better for a little while. And then they jumped into the War of the Green Lanterns. Then it started diving nosediving again then it got to the point where john stewart blew up mogo then it got you know it was just like a giant shoot up with that issue and then it started coming back down again so i'm just i'm i'm done with green lantern i'm i'm looking forward to not reading it anymore are you really yeah I, well this from the guy who already dropped it well yeah and, and, I, and, I, and I, I i share my surprise only in that you seem to really enjoy the last issue that we talked about I did the the John Stewart killing Mogo thing was uh <laughs> I was just I was just I was just fucking awesome but uh <laughs> I just you know I I can't hold on to it I you know even if they, well, they weren't about to reboot it I was going to get off and the reboot just gives me one more reason to get off Green Lantern for well, a while yeah. I'll probably I'll probably come back to it in the future but so I think you're I'm not, just burnt. you're not getting the one last part of the War of the Green Lanterns no I probably will I, I mean after, I was my initial plan was to finish War of the Green Lanterns and stop. Uh, okay. I might. I'm gonna see how many issues are between the end of the war and the start of the reboot. I might just finish it out. I might not. I don't know. But I, I will get the last issue of War of the Green Lanterns. You know, I still stand by. Nothing bad happened during Blackest Night, and they should have just called it Happy Fun Resurrection Day. I I absolutely agree. Well, so yes and no. I mean, that's how it ended. But if you go back and read through those issues, horrible things were happening, and that just because people came back to life doesn't you know erase your mental anguish from having your parents come back and torture you to death. Or does it? No, it doesn't. Or doesn't. So, no, no. <laughs> or doesn't. But, but yes, it ended well. You know, for something so horrible, it had way too happy of an ending. Uh, and then, of course, Brightest Day. You know, I only went through maybe the first six issues of Brightest Day, but I didn't feel like that was giving me anything. Well, and I think that, you know, to Wayne's point, for it to have been characterized in the future, you know, like in the yes. of superheroes as yes. blackest night, this was terrible. And then, you know, everything gets reset and it really wasn't so bad after all. No argument. Yeah. I think that's no argument. No, from from a, from a futuristic perspective, you're absolutely right. But for the people who live through it, I could see them being, you know, carrying around those scars for a long time. Happy Fun Resurrection Day. So, Aaron, you didn't you didn't answer. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron. I have been very hard on the Superman books, and you know, largely because I haven't read a Superman book that I've enjoyed in a, in a great big long time, and which is largely because they suck right now. Right. And yeah. you know, I read, I jumped on the War of the Superman. And which I thought was terrible. Well, recently I started reading from the beginning the uh, new Krypton series. I've been picking it up in trade. And I got to tell you, those books are great. I'm really enjoying it. Now, I know it ends horribly, and this is the sad thing. I know that after you know investing all of this time in reading these new Krypton books, because you know it was a year-long story arc within the Superman titles um, – but the the idea is actually really cool, and the execution of it is actually really cool in the first part of it. Um, I'm I'm really curious to continue reading and find that point where it falls apart, 
you know, is it War of the Superman or did it fall apart before that? Um, so I, I really think that that my opinion about the Superman books, um, in that there has not been a good Superman story in years and years, has to change because I thoroughly enjoyed Volume One of New Krypton, and I picked up uh, the first volume of the Monel stories and the first volume of Nightwing and Flamebird, and those were fantastic. I mean, there were page turners. Thoroughly enjoyed them. So that's three trade paperback collections in this new Krypton storyline that I just thought were fantastic. So I, that that's changed. Um, but you know, I, I share Andrew's you know disillusionment with the with the Green Lantern franchise, and you know our first episodes on this show were us talking about how excited we were about Blackest Night, and yeah. then, you know you can listen to the progression <laughs> throughout the shows as you know the, the bloom starts falling off the rose. Uh, and you know, becoming disheartened and you know, dis yeah, <laughs> words. Um, <laughs> becoming Disheart- dis- disheartening. Dis- yeah, this disillusioned with with the premise and and how it was being executed. And you know, we found that these tie-ins were sucking. You know, um, Green Lantern I think is just too overexposed. You know, and I'll, for 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 someone like myself who loves the characters and loves the setting for Green Lantern, it's hard for me to say that I'm really not enjoying the Green Lantern books right now. You know, and I think that if they'll you know stop with the events and have some focus inside their titles, I'd be right back on it. Because you know Jeff Johns and you know uh, the team over there on Green Lantern are, are just terrific. Eventually, you get you get tired of the the giant events, and that seems like it's all. I mean, Green Lantern yeah. had a small break where it wasn't doing a giant event. Yeah, and I, I would I would love more non giant event Green Lantern after I take a take a break from it for a little. It's bit. It's just exhausting. Yeah, that's now, one of my problems with Hulk right now is it's one giant event after another. Well, you know, uh, one big change that I think Paul and I would have to uh, 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 agree to is that when we first started the podcast, we weren't reading much Marvel, if any at all, you know, and True. now now we're reading, you know, kind of a lot of Marvel. Um, and it's not because either one of us were saying, well, we don't like Marvel. It just Marvel wasn't running anything at the time uh, that we were particularly interested in. Well, that was the... Uh... Uh, oh, not Siege. Uh, it was the Norman Osborn era. What was that? Dark Reign. Yeah, Dark Reign. was going yeah. on when you guys started. Yeah. You know what's sad? The Dark Reign stuff read in retrospect. Very well. Bad. No, I, I, I'm picking. I'm, I'm finishing up Dark Reign and trade right now, and I really enjoy those stories. But you know, there were a series of crossovers that were disappointing. Things like yes. Secret Invasion, House of M. I think there was another one in there. Well, you know, um, sec- and you know, Secret Invasion, Civil War, House Civil of War. M share the same problem. They start really good, great premise, and they end horribly. You know, just I mean, the 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 whole thing in Secret Invasion where they tell you the ending rather than show you the ending. Has there any? Has there ever been anything that we've talked about on the show that started great and ended great? Yes. Second uh, coming. <laughs> yes, second coming. Thank you. Ah, yeah, second, I'll give it. Second, second coming was that. Yeah, second I'll, coming I'll had us coming hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I know. Aaron would say the mighty Thor. He loved that <laughs> through, the, through the through the through the series. I'm not. That was that wasn't a rip, Aaron. Yeah. No. I, the uh, I, I it, it wasn't an event, and I thought that's what Paul was talking about. Oh, but in terms okay. of series, yeah, I would absolutely agree that Thor: The Mighty Avenger was yeah. uh, was fantastic beginning to end. That's true. I should clarify. It is more. I am talking more events because I mean, yeah. like if we're just talking series, um, Marvel Universe versus the Punisher. Wayne and I love that series beginning to end. Yeah. Um, 
that time ultimate doom yeah ultimate doom was fantastic but you know X-Men in, forever in, in in terms of huh? event books you know i loved siege up until the end i love <laughs> you know i i and it's the same with, with most of them is that you you brand a crossover event book as you know an important story within the universe, but then everything is the same at the end of the story as it was at the beginning of the story. You know, not so important. Well, do you think do you think part of that's because they build and hype things up so much leading into it that no matter what the ending is, that people are going to be dissatisfied with it? I think that's certainly an element of it, but you know, I, I, I felt like they made a fundamental error at the end of Secret Invasion, and that was having somebody tell you how the book ends. Oh, that's yeah, a storytelling think, thing, yeah. 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 Marvel I, likes to not actually end their big crossovers. Each crossover leads in directly exactly. into the next one. Yeah. So you don't ever get that sense of completion, and that's yeah. one of the reasons I think that at least the Marvel ones are such big disappointments at the end. Well, and DC did the same thing with Blackest Night straight into Brightest Day. Yep, and yep. I think maybe they learned their lesson because. Uh, well, Flash and yet, seems like it's going to end a little differently. And here's an event. <laughs> here's an event book that did really well, and I'm suddenly blanking on the name, but it was the the Doctor Doom War. Doom War is what it was. Um, the the miniseries that they had where you know Doom was you know warring on everybody with vibranium. That was fantastic. Star yeah, well, sucked. <laughs> I don't recall that it sucked. <laughs> the, the ending I sucked. I remember the ending sucking. I don't recall that. I thought you guys liked Thanos Imperium the whole way through, too. I'm sorry, what was that? I thought you guys liked Thanos Imperium the whole way, too. Yeah, I did. Thanos Imperative was good all the way through. Oh, yeah. Thanos Imperative did end excellently. Well, well it seems like the ones you guys like are ones that have definitive endings and you know where they managed the expectation. They weren't overhyped books. These were not the main event of the True. year. These were the secondary events, so they, they did not overhype them as much. Yeah. So yeah, opinions change. There you go. Just a little bit. Yeah. Well, should we take a should we take a voicemail, Aaron? Why don't we take a voicemail? Hey guys, this is Tony Mast. Uh, just calling uh, to first get on to your 100th episode. Congratulations. Second, to give you guys something to uh, chat about. Um, with all this talk of DC's reboot, uh, one of the things that has come up and seems to be vexing some people is that Superman appears to only take place in the past. In the origins of, the, of this new rebooted DCU, they're saying that uh, Justice League and Action Comics and Superman's comics, all of those are taking place at the quote-unquote dawning of the superhero era or something like that. One thing that uh, might be happening here, and one thing that may answer some questions, I'm not sure if it will or not, but uh, is the, 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 that one thing is the idea that uh, in 2013, DC stands to completely lose the copyrights to Superman. Um, they go back to the, to the Siegel and Schuster families, and uh, they can't use Superman anymore without financial considerations to both families. I wonder if that's not possibly the reason they're putting Superman in the past in the DCU, in the new new DCU, uh, to possibly marginalize him so that uh, in case something happens and they either get rid of him or decide not to pay the fees or to only incorporate portions of the Superman mythos, that they're gracefully doing it and giving themselves a good year or two to... to, uh, 
marginalize the big man and, and uh, phase him out of the DCU entirely if it has to come to that. So uh, just something to chew on. Uh, I'd be interested in hearing what you guys think of that. Keep up the great work. Uh, love listening to you. And uh, make sure you give Andrew a very hard time because, you know, he deserves it. Have a good one, guys. Oh, that's a good question, Tony. What do we think about that? Paul? I'd say I don't know. I don't think that that is entirely the reason for for the reboot. Um, you know, because they're I mean they're still moving forward with the Superman movie. Um, and I, I gotta say, I really think Warner Brothers and DC are going to pay the rights. They're not going to let Superman go someplace else. Well, I, um, I, the the reason why they're going forward with the Superman movie is that they've got to have it out before 2013 or in 2013. Otherwise, they don't have the right to make that movie. And so that's why they've got Zack Snyder working on it because they feel like he can get it done in time. Exactly. Well, and I don't, I, I don't think ahead. that's the only reason for the reboot, but I do think perhaps some of their it, it does make sense that some of their decisions on what to do with Superman in the reboot might yeah. be colored by by the p- possibilities. They're keeping an eye on things that could happen. Well, and keep in mind that keep in mind that this isn't the first time DC's made this kind of move no. because when they lost the Superboy rights or when it was threatened that they were going to lose the Superboy rights, they killed Connor at the end yeah. of Infinite Crisis yeah. just for that they, very reason. They renamed Superboy Prime to Superman Prime for a while. Yeah, they, and then just Prime. Yeah, and then every time they would go back and talk about Connor, it would always be Connor or Connell or they would come up with, they would call him something, never call him Superboy. I, well, I think partially that what's going on with specifically Superman and Justice League or action comics and Justice League being set in the past I think two reasons really behind it I think one their action comics the reason it's set in the past is because Grant Morrison wants to set it in the past I honestly feel that way um, I, I think that's just the book he wants to write he wants to write Superman less super powered fighting uh, regular Power, you know, regular human criminals, and I oh, think so that's why that's what we're getting in action comics. You mean you mean like, Smallville? <clears throat> yeah, Smallville. <laughs> well, and I, and I think a lot of the reason why they're doing that is because in the in the lawsuit, the uh, the origins, the roots of Superman are being deemed back to the Seagulls and the Schusters, and so I think that that DC is trying to establish roots in yeah, we've got we've got a tradition with this type of character as well. True. But I also feel that Justice League is set in the past because they're using that. Remember when DC did the one year later thing and everyone was like, well, what happened in that year? Right. And that's what they used 52 for. I honestly feel that's what Justice League is being used for. By setting it in the past, they're using it to explain the new continuity. Well, they also haven't said the entire series is going to be set. They said the first arc would be set in the past. And the first arc is going to be the new Justice League origin showing the the first meeting of a lot of these characters. I have a strong suspicion after that first arc, they're going to jump back up to the present. And this is just setting the grounds to tell you this is how the Justice League came together now because it's different than it was before. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Either way, I'm, you know... I'm excited about the concept. When we first, I mean, one of our very first episodes, or our very first "What if you were writing?" before we had all these other losers on the show, yeah, um, and it was just Aaron and I. Thanks, um, buddy. <laughs> we we had we did "What if we were writing Superman?" because it was right at the the heat of this uh, court case thing, and I think we both talked about a depowered Superman fighting yeah. less. You know, less elaborate villains, less Kryptonian villains and brainiacs and parasites and shit like that. And I think to a certain extent, that's what we're going to get. 
and I'm okay with that. You know, you know, I'll give, I will give the Grant Morrison book a shot. Ugh. I know, I know, but you know, I, I think what he wants to present in Superman is the type of Superman I want to see. Now, whether his writing matches what I'm hoping the writing is, you know, that's another story to tell. But Paul, I, man, I, Paul, that that image of the blue waffle doesn't compare to what Grant Morrison's going to show you. <laughs> Well, I, I have to the say sad thing is I'm going to give it a shot, too, because I love the character of Superman and I want to see him done well. And no, I don't expect Grant Morrison to do him well, but I'm going to give it a chance because I love the character. I, I have to you, say that I would really like to see uh, the Seagulls and the Schusters take their portion of the rights somewhere else. I, I and, and I know that, that that just seems you know strange for somebody who really loves Superman, but I would love to see another company's take on the character, you know, and 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 you know see what a Marvel Comics would do or a Dark Horse or a Boom or whoever, and let folks play around with that, you know, take it around as a uh, contracted property, and you know let let's see what other creators do with it outside of the DC universe. <clears throat> I think that no, I feel. I feel like Paul and Wayne are like the people that said yes to Disney Euro. <laughs> that's, that's 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 how I'm I'm reading this conversation. What's wrong with Euro Disney? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. So have we, so you know we're talking about this reboot, and one of the questions that was posed of us, and Aaron, do you remember who posed this question? Yeah, Sean Delap. Sean Delap asked us. I would love to hear you guys, or I guess he told us, he didn't really ask us. I would love to hear you guys discuss how you would reboot either the DC or Marvel universes, especially Marvel. Well, since they're rebooting the DC universe, maybe we should just chat about how we would reboot Marvel. Well, and uh, I think you have to ask the question, does Marvel need a reboot? Yes. Yes. And no. they need to fire Matt Fraction. <laughs> no. And you see, uh, uh, Jonathan, that could have been one of your uh, perspectives that's changed. Because when you first started, you loved Matt Fraction. That's I true. know. On our on our first uh, Funny Book Awards, uh, Matt Fraction was uh, Writer of the Year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you are correct. Oh, and he, I think he was just waiting for that. Like he was just <laughs> like, all right, Funny Books gave me the award. Okay, now now I can phone it in from here on out. From here on out. <laughs> and don't and don't worry about continuity. You know, it happened you know, with Red Robin too. The story. Yeah. I just, so I, I I am I share Wayne's opinion. I don't think Marvel needs a reboot. Um, I think that we heard Jonathan say that it needs a reboot. Paul said that it needs a reboot. So that leaves Tim and Andrew. What do you guys think? Uh, you know, I think with what Marvel's done with the Ultimate line, I think that was the reboot. I think uh, I th- so. I think they've actually rebooted not that long ago. Was that seven years ago when Ultimates came out? Yeah. And uh, uh I you know I. Whether you love Ultimate or hate Ultimate, I think that was their reboot, and I don't, I don't think the main Marvel universe needs one. I think what the main Marvel universe has is, is it contains that sense of continuity, and uh, uh, if you want to do the reboot, go back and read the original Ultimate series and trade because the original Ultimate series was pretty, pretty fantastic. Yeah, the Ultimate universe came about about eleven years ago now. So yeah, it's it's been a while, but I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see the need for a reboot of the main universe. Well, that's actually know, why I think it doesn't need a reboot as well, is because that's what the Ultimate Line was supposed to be. I would say for Marvel, it's better to do something like Ultimate Line. I would love to see a new line like that again. Tim? Let me, 
let me let me look at my my uh, answer for this question. <laughs> <laughs> Check your notes. No. See episode ninety-eight for Tim's scathing opinion on reboots. <laughs> <laughs> That's more than four words. You said you only had four words. Actually, I put on my no. I said no Marvel editorial changes, which means that if Marvel want, it's the same thing I said in ninety-eight. If they want to <laughs> shake things up, yeah, C98. If they want to shake things up, loosen up the reins on stuff that's been sacred cows. There you go. And yeah, that was more than four words because everybody wanted elaboration. Okay, <laughs> so there's our there's our opinions on the need for a reboot. But let's say you're working there at Marvel and you know Joe Quesada and that other guy come down and say, you know, I I don't give a damn what you what you think or feel. We got a reboot. What do you do? Well, first I'd get my universe destroyers together. I'd get my Galactus. Uh, I'd get my great oh, cosmic. We're gonna universe. have an event, is what you're saying. Yep, that's gonna. Oh. End. I mean, you can't you can't end the series without an event. I mean, DC's got Flashpoint, which I think, from what I understand, is going to wrap up and, and take them into the reboot. But uh, uh, yeah, I think you gotta have a big event to destroy everything and then relaunch. I mean, it, it draws attention. It makes a spectacle. Uh, people, you get to do all those things like Tim was talking about. You get to destroy all the secret cows because you're burning the, ta- the the whole place down anyway. So you can do all the crazy, crazy stuff people want to do and they haven't been able to because they want to preserve their universe. So uh, and then and then you relaunch into you know your alternate reality. Now I like the idea of your event, Andrew, and I think I even know you know what where it starts, where things start unraveling. Is that somehow the deal with uh, Mephisto, Spider-Man, and Mary Jane all comes apart and it gets revealed, and they get reset so that you get a, you get to close out to that story before your big you know world-ending event. So you get to enjoy ooh, that. You get ooh. to wrap up some story. Can it happen right. mid-coitus with Carly Cooper? Ooh, <laughs> even better. Like, oh while, shit! I'm while still he's, married. While he's staring at the tattoo. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> Let's keep going, Andrew. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I mean, I don't, because there's so many different ways you could reboot. The, I mean, you could take and do different things with the characters. So I don't know if I really want to even start speculating about different sure. things I want to do in the new universe. But that's how I would, that's how I'd bring about the end. Uh, I would bring about you know a, a great cosmic danger. Have the usual guys go up to battle it. Have them fail. Have the universe be destroyed. And of course, while that's going on, fear, panic, pandemonium reign on Earth, and all sorts of crazy stuffs going on with the street level characters. Usually bad. So, Jonathan? Uh, well, I, I didn't chime in when you guys were talking about the, the Ultimate uh, series, but uh, I think that Marvel does need a, a reboot, and I think that the Ultimate series would have been great if Marvel would have supported it properly. Um, it, the, the Ultimates were just uh, – they were miniseries. The, the only the only steady ongoings were Ultimate Spider-Man and Ultimate X-Men, so they didn't really recreate the universe except for just bits and pieces of it. And I uh, I think you would just do that on a grand scale. And and I I don't know if you can kill all the sacred cows uh, because you want old readers to still read a character. You don't want to completely change characters. In other words. Because then, if you completely get rid of a or completely change a character that people like, you know that's how you lose readers. That's why that's, I stopped reading the Ultimates. 
I mean, that's, that's like a good the, point. No, that's a very good point, because the characters that are selling well now, you want to keep them somewhat like they are now. And it's only the characters that are selling poorly that, that you probably really want to reinvent from a business right. point point of view. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, you, if you've if you got a crappy character, I, I mean, they, they do that now in the in the regular universe. Well, they'll take a, a villain from the 70s or whatever and reinvent him. And uh, a lot of times it ends up being pretty good. So, I mean, you just do that on a sort of large scale uh with uh i mean not a new ultimates line but you just reboot the marvel universe that way and uh and then you you work on taking joe Kassar's job so it doesn't get fucked up um i think a big event probably would be necessary for a reboot once that was all done though i i would start off with something happening downtown new york basically a mutant's power manifesting and the world discovers mutants through some sort of tragedy uh I think something kind of like when they when they rebooted Superman years ago, the the Burn era, when they you know did a mini series of Man of Steel, something like that for Spider Man. So you don't get a you don't go back to the beginning necessarily, but this is here's what happened to Spider Man in you know to get his powers. Here's what happened in year one to bring it up to whatever your current years are. I kind of like those type of stories because then you can go back and play in between the issues because you've got a couple of years in between the issues a uh, big thing i kind of missed that mutants were something rare that was just kind of coming out and i think that would be the big focus of the the new world even with the other superheroes that aren't mutants coming out there would be that question every time a superhero shows up are you a mutant how did you get your powers and you would have some of the mutants pretending to not be mutants all right. I don't know if I would go for a hard reboot, um, something akin to the Ultimate Universe. You know, and honestly, you know, fuck the Ultimate Universe. Just, just putting that out there. I agree. I, I just is it because you I, don't have Grant Morrison over there? Yeah, exactly. But we did, <laughs> <laughs> no. But you know, I feel like the Ultimate Universe just got too far away from what it was intended to be, and now it's just kind of like, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of the Ultimate Universe, and 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 I hear that, but I can tell you that there are two books over there that I've enjoyed very recently: uh, the Ultimate Death, the Death of Ultimate Spider-Man, and uh, Ultimate Doom, where I have both been very enjoyable. Yep, completely agree. I loved Ultimate Universe all the way up until Ultimatum, and then I dropped, and I've just came back for these those two stories. Yeah, and they've both been really strong. But anyway, continue, Paul. Okay, and to a certain extent. Marvel has given DC a hard time about restarting at number one, uh, all of their books. But I can't think of a single Marvel book that hasn't restarted at number one in the last ten years. Other than Uncanny X-Men, I think. Which it's is getting ready to. Which, which, yeah, which ends next month and restarts with number one later on this year. Good. So, I, I, I wish they would never bring it back. It's ruined so for I, me. Everything. Captain America, Amazing Spider-Man, all of them have started. Yes, they went back to Thor. Yes, they went back to their original numbering, just like they all will again. But they all restarted with number ones. Daredevil, Punisher, Wolverine, all that shit. That being said, I do feel like, well, I don't feel there needs to be a hard reset on continuity. I do feel like there needs to be a, a maybe a brand new daying. Of the entire Marvel universe, I like how you made it a verb. Because that that works so well in Spider Man. 
well, we're all reading Spider-Man, aren't we? I mean, let's be honest. Big Time, Big Time didn't reset back to Mary Jane. It's still the brand new day continuity, and we're all reading it and we're all loving it. You know, just because we, you know, we gave it a hard time when it first started, we're all essentially I just still... because they don't call it brand new day anymore. We're still reading the same book. I disagree. I I don't know. You could still tell this exact same story with Mary Jane, with him being married versus him. Uh, being single. I mean, the, the big difference, and I know we all enjoy Carly, but you know, you're not so far in Dan Slott's storyline. His being single really hasn't played a huge factor. This is true. Okay, so I mean, it, 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 there's, there's, I'm not sitting there going, "Man, Spider-Man being single rocks." It's everything else about that book that has me, has me, you know, stoked about it. And these are all things that could have happened with Mary Jane. Just saying. It, I- I don't disagree with that. I so don't. I, I like Spider-Man in spite of the changes that were made during Brand New Day. Exactly. And I feel like there could – and that's why I'm saying a Brand New day of the Marvel Universe. Stop using it as a verb. Too late. <laughs> now, a can, Brand can I, New Day? <laughs> can I just say uh, uh, something else on this point? Because it seems like everyone, everyone else here would do it with an event, whereas I wouldn't. I, I I was thinking something more subtle, where you introduce a, a new universe, like they did with the Ultimates. Only instead of still focusing on your main universe, you know, you slowly cancel titles until it's all gone, and then the Ultimate Universe is really all you'd have, and then that is the the universe. So as as they canceled the main titles, they'd they'd be introducing new Ultimate titles at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. So, good. You know, you just, you just, you, you know, you, you'd pen it out over like, say, a three-year plan. <laughs> just fa- phase, phasing out the old, make way for the new. I, I think, I think, uh, I mean, for one thing, uh, old grungy fanboys would take it less hard. I think <laughs> if it, so if it was more subtle than a big event. Yeah. Well, I'm not necessarily saying a big event, though. I think a big event helps, and to a certain extent, that's what Flashpoint is doing to the DC universe. It's, you know, someone has gone back in time and changed things. I'm sure when the DC reboot comes, it's because there will have been subtle changes in the time stream that affect the continuity. And I feel like to a certain extent, that's kind of what needs to happen to the Marvel Universe. That some things, somebody went back in time, some things are changed throughout the past that have altered the Marvel Universe to a status quo that is both new and engaging for new readers. And I, you know, and I think that could work. You know, I, yeah, we fought the brand new day thing. We we did fight the brand new day thing tooth and nail. Again, we're still reading the book, like you said, in spite of the fact that it was brand new day. Yeah. Um, I used it as a verb again, <laughs> but, but I, I I feel like that's you know similar similar changes could be made throughout Marvel continuity among for the rest of the universe. Maybe you know I don't you know something about the mutants. You know maybe. House of M is undone or something, you know, I mean, just little things that could, you know, make the Marvel universe a more reader friendly place. And I, I, I don't know. I, I think that could work. Uh, I think you need to either all or nothing. Cause that's actually one of my concerns about this DC reboot is they're trying to keep so much of their continuity that it's, it's not the hard set. I mean, I know that crisis on infinite earth wasn't either. Batman kept a lot of his as well, but it just seems like, it gets too muddled if you don't do a hard cut. And that that's what makes me nervous about the DC one, as excited as I am about it. They're keeping so much. You know, um, 
it just occurred to me if you're looking for a reboot of the Marvel Universe, I think you're looking for an easy way out and you're not really solving the problem. I don't think I don't think that the 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 problem is in the stories themselves. I think it's the people writing the stories and the people planning things out that make it where you would want a reboot of the Marvel Universe. I think uh I think that if you change that up, you could you could keep the same universe. See, I think that that Marvel doesn't really need a uh, a reboot. You know, as I as I said earlier, I think that that Marvel's rich history is is what makes it so valuable. You know, you you've got just this wonderful, almost real time kind of storytelling, even though it's that slower time. But you know, the 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 stories are just so rich. I hate the idea of a reboot. Yeah, but, um, the, but the thing about it is the people in charge of this universe no longer care about that rich history. And I agree. I agree. I, we, you so know, I think that's the problem. I I think that if you're uh, – generally what, what the, the goal of a reboot is is to make things less complex and more accessible to a new reader. Um, I think it's also so that you can go back and tell the same story that you've told 900 times before. You know, how many times are you know do we need to see uh, Lois and Superman date? You know, because that, that's what that's what folks want to do. They want to they want to show um, Spider Man and and uh, Spider Man as a single guy dating. Well, you well, know, I, I thought that was a that. great idea. Yeah, but I thought that was a great idea because I've read I've read some of that original Spider Man stuff and that was crap, man. <laughs> like the writing was bad, the art was bad, and to see that updated for something that I could actually get through an issue of it's fantastic <laughs> you know, but why not and this is what bothers me as a reader why not just take care of that in story continuity why not have them break up for real as opposed to you know well we have to forget that we were ever together because because oh, then he's got all that baggage Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> which is which is what fodder for more stories. That's, that's interesting. Yeah exactly. Exactly. But you know it's almost like you know, I, I, it's almost like you want to have the character, have the character date, have the character get laid, and oh, now we've got this character who's not a virgin anymore. Let's go back and reset it and do it all over again. I mean, that just—I I hate that. I, I, as a as a reader, I feel like I lose my investment. You know, not in terms of like collecting a series of books, but my investment of time. You know, I, I, I think it, I think it devalues uh, the the earlier experience. Mm. So so Joe Casada comes down down the hall and says, "Yeah, we're rebooting." I said, uh-huh. "Well, Joe, how did that brand new day stuff work out for you?" And then he says, "Great. Look at the sales on Amazing Spider-Man." Uh, and then I say, "Well, how's your Avengers book doing?" And then if I oh, I, how, amazing. Yeah, how, how have, you like, seen, have you seen uh, John Junior's uh, artwork? That book is amazing. <laughs> and then I'll say, "I've I've seen better art in uh, in special." special needs kids uh art books <laughs> and then if i still have a job which you won't I, well yeah i know but if i still have a job i'll go okay i'll make you a deal why don't we need a year i'm a fisto deal uh, we need a year okay and we will write towards a reboot but if at the end of the year sales are up 50 percent, then we don't need to reboot this thing and he and assuming he agrees which he'd be insane to because then who knows what things are going to do I would tell the writers go uh, go the Andrew route, go nuts. Yeah, do every crazy thing you want to do, make lasting changes, yeah. which may not last because you know we've got this 
potential, you know, thing hanging over our heads. But go nuts, write the story you want to write for the next twelve issues. Yeah. But it has to. You have to have. You have to come to an end at that that twelfth issue, assuming we might not be able to continue, and then see what happens. I think because that is the, the goal. Go. The goal is to to make money, right? Well, and expand your readership. And you know, I, and this is exactly what I was talking about last week about you know the DC reboot is that it the DC reboot is happening in such a time frame that there's no time for stories that have been going on for forever to resolve. You know, so really, there's been no progression in the you know Lois and Clark relationship since they got married 20 years ago. So you're not going to see anything happen with that. So it's just going to let life fallow. And I love the idea that you've got to give the writers an opportunity to bring in new life in terms of current continuity. I love that idea. I think that's awesome. You are the king of the podcast, Tim. Well, I'm definitely the crankiest guy on the podcast. <laughs> so uh, another question that we had was, who is our favorite third-tier character that we would want to see in a mainline title and how we'd revamp them to make it work? And that was from uh, Jake Ekus, wasn't it? Who is okay. Jake? Yeah, who is Jake? <laughs> I'd like to point out there's a Stargate in uh, Green Lantern, by the way. There so is. Stand. Yes. <laughs> yes, there is. Fucking Jake. <laughs> I leaned over to Uriah and said, hey, look, Stargate. He just stared at me like he had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't figure out what it was doing in the ring. movie. He used a little green ring to lock in Chevron 7. <laughs> oh, exactly. Stupid. So, um, all right, you want me to take this? Sure. Sure. Hit it. All right. Who would I bring back as my favorite uh, third-tier character? I would bring back Captain Marvel. Not Captain Marvel, original white dude. I'd bring back black, sassy Captain Marvel. Black? Oh, the uh, the Avengers can turn her body. Yeah, can turn – yes. She you think changed. I, you think she changed her name for a while there? When she like Photon or something? She was Photon for a little bit, but then she went back to being uh, uh, Captain Ma- uh, Marvel. Her real name is Monica. Oh, is it Rimbu? Rimbo? Rambo. I think it's from Rambo. Yeah, just Kate. Yeah. You know, I yeah. remember an issue where she was bitching about that. That every name she takes, that hero comes back, or someone else takes that name, and exactly. she was getting pissed off about it. Yep. So, you know, growing up reading Avengers, uh, I always really enjoyed her. She was a great second, third tier character on the Avengers. Uh, her powers, you could say, are a little bit overpowered since she can turn into any type of energy, which makes her amazingly destructive. But uh, I, I just always enjoyed her. I, I, they had a short run Mar- uh, Captain Marvel uh, a standalone series featuring her, which is great. It showed a great side of her character. It was a lot of fun. I've missed her. I haven't seen her in any books, really since I've been back in comics and that's been for the last three years. Yeah. She, she, she hadn't been around. So I miss her. I think she'd be a great addition to bring her back. How would I reboot her? Uh, you know, I think I just kind of keep, keep her core concepts intact, but just kind of give, uh, kind of change some of the veneer on her, you know, maybe change where she's living, maybe, you know, uh, change who she's with. Maybe she's gotten married. Maybe the reason we haven't seen her around, she got married, settled down, now she's divorced. Her husband's left her, uh, and, and so she's getting back into superheroing as a way to cope with the loss of her husband. You know, I thought this was how you would use a third-tier character to mainline an event book or something, but mm. um, I, I I wrote down I would like to see Valkyrie. Uh, oh yeah, right. Yeah, and I'm you know I I'm not sure that she would be a mainline on an event, but I mean just looking at Fear itself, I I I was like okay, so instead of Loki breaking out Thor. How cool would it have been to have Valkyrie lead an assault with the people that are resisting Oiden's rule and 
kick down the the uh, the door to Thor's cage and like mm-hmm. maybe maybe you know defeat Heimdall or something like that. Like right before that happens, like that's the big splash page is her, you know, punching out Heimdall or something. And I and I just see her like you know taking a secondary stance with Thor through fear itself and maybe having that you know that sexual chemistry thing going on oh, yeah. during that war. Mm. That's that's what I would want to see. And then if you you take that over to like her own book. I could definitely see a, a character that's torn between, just just like Thor is sometimes torn between Asgardian duties and earthly cares, and you know even you could take that even into like groups where she she wants to help certain groups, but she has other responsibilities. I could see even a mini series with her in Journey into Mystery too. So that was what I thought would be cool. No, I think that's a great and, idea. And, too. and I'm I'm so buying that book. Yeah, I would have loved to see Valkyrie lead uh, the Resistance to break out Thor. That would have been much better than just having Loki again, who's been overused, I think. As much as you guys are enjoying him in Journey into Mystery, he just seems like he's just been everywhere for the, well, since what, Siege? Right before Siege? He and died Dun- in Siege. He wasn't everywhere after Siege. He was dead for, for like a week. Yeah, I was going to so. say he was dead for what, a month, <laughs> two months? Then boom, back. And well, guess I mean, who brought him back? Thor. Yeah, that makes sense. Because he missed taken- his brother. It wouldn't have taken Half-brother. anything at all for them to say, okay, Loki's the one who found where Thor is, is being kept and then told the resistance or something, and then they launched an assault. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I love Valkyrie. I think she's a great character. I think she's been misused a whole lot, and I would love to see her done right. Uh, so, even you know, Tim continues his uh, undisputed reign as king of the podcast. This is uh, what doing your homework does. <laughs> Jonathan. Yes? Is there a third tier character you would like to see emerge into their own title? No. Okay. Fuck third tier characters. <laughs> Wayne. <laughs> I'd love to see a uh, like a big event with Nightmare and uh you know basically him hitting all the heroes and then out of nowhere re- the return of Sleepwalker. Oh yes. <laughs> that would be the perfect way to reintroduce him back into the Marvel universe as a Nightmare would be the you know the perfect villain to step him up another notch, and just uh, that's really I mean I miss the character from the eighties I love the the whole series, but I think he would need some serious updating to for modern sensibilities. So yeah, Sleepwalker. Paul, I, I, if if I set a five dollar bill on fire, I couldn't spend it faster than I could if I heard Sleepwalker was coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Paul. Well, we've talked a little a, a little about this before, or maybe we talked about it on a funny books offline. You know, and, and it, it kind of plays off of Wayne's answer a little bit. Not just Sleepwalker, but the Midnight Suns in general. Uh-huh. Um you know, characters I mean, there are characters out there who are still in the Marvel Universe. Guys like Blade and Doctor Strange and you know, Ghost Rider, who just can't get a good book to save their damn lives. And, you know, just a, a, a nice little supernatural corner of the Marvel Universe would be awesome. I mean, remember that Thunder, you know, the, the last good th- issue of Thunderbolts <laughs> yeah. that had Doctor Strange and it was written by Jeff Parker with art by Kev Walker? Mm-hmm. God damn, that book was excellent. Well, and look at uh, how much you and I loved Brother Voodoo. Exactly. Yeah, the Sorcerer Supreme, Supreme book of Brother Voodoo. I mean, that thing was awesome and it couldn't find an audience. Exactly. It could, and you know that's a shame. And maybe that's why there is no supernatural corner of the Marvel universe. But I, I have a feeling that was more a fault 
of marketing and the character. I don't think a lot of people were necessarily interested in Dr. Voodoo. Right. But I think, you know, with uh, the proper team, a relaunch of the Midnight Suns line would be killer. You know, you could have a Doctor Strange book. You could have that, you know, you could have a Ghost Rider book. You can have Sleepwalker Return, you know, and I'd like to, I'd like to see Blade back in a book that actually doesn't suck. You know, because he, because he doesn't feast on human blood. Is that why it wouldn't suck? Wouldn't suck. Yeah, because, you know, he, he's, a, he's a vegetarian. <laughs> he'd, he'd, but, have, um, he'd have to be a better character or something like that to happen. <laughs> See, I feel like he is a good character. He's just, I mean, he's just poorly written. And it seems like that's been a, a problem with Blade since the movie happened. I just, you know, it, it seems like since the movie happened, there has, there has literally not been anyone who could write a decent Blade story. Uh, third rate, or third tier characters... Our third tier characters for a reason. That's why I say sticking. To you it. remember Luke Cage was a third tier character until they revamped him and made him popular. Yeah, no, I I don't agree with that. Third tier characters are that way because nobody's given them a a a good story to push. That's right. Yeah, well, I mean, I, as a as as a third tier character, I gotta say I agree with Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I feel the same way about Iron Fist. You know, I mean, we've seen that uh, like the Brubaker run on Iron Fist, and you know, we've seen him guest in some books, and I just really enjoy it. But he can't find a lasting uh, title either. No, I mean, that, I, oh, Iron Fist, man, that was a great title, the Brubaker was, run. Yeah, and yeah, I, but that that five issue Power Man and Iron Fist we just finished was horrible. Yes, but you know, when, when you have a title called Powder Man and Iron First. You can't expect much because uh, that, that book was ass. And I, I, I learned enough to only you know buy the first book. You, my friend, have the full set. And, and you know I what? Mean, See those being given away soon on the LGM. <laughs> maybe to Sean the lap. Yeah, but Jonathan, you, I know you liked Avengers Initiative for the most part with Taskmaster, and you've loved Avengers Academy. All right, well, and, Taskmaster is a villain. Well, okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> but he's a third-tier character. Haven't you liked Avengers Initiative? I mean, I would put new heroes in the same category as third-tier characters because they haven't gotten a I, break. I remember myself not liking Avengers Initiative. I think I think you've got history wrong. Tim might be thinking about New Jonathan. New Jonathan liked uh, Avengers Initiative quite a bit. Mm, new Jonathan. Okay, we'll take Jonathan okay. Take out, See, we rebooted Jonathan. <laughs> And the problem is the continuities get mixed up. Which is <laughs> right. Which? Was That's... it new Jonathan who liked it or old Jonathan? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see Iron Fist. I'd like to see Iron Fist given the star treatment that he deserves. That's... Give that book back to the same team. Yeah. Ed Brubaker and David uh, Aha. Yeah. Damn, that was just a dynamite book. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh-huh. AJA. It could be Aja. I also wouldn't mind seeing a, a new Howard the Duck series with the right people. Just, oh, yes. Just saying. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, did you ever, okay, I, I know you mock me about my love for Howard the Duck, but did you I ever don't. read the, the original Steve Gerber books? Yeah, those titles were foul. <laughs> <laughs> the original books were for Howard the Duck were fantastic. I love that series. And, he, and when it went into the magazine format with Michael Golden doing the inks, ha, oh, awesome. Aaron is correct in this. Yeah. yeah I have the right of it. Bill when he <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Okay, stop. <laughs> yeah, no. You are out of control, Tim. <laughs> okay, that so the, the question yeah. is, uh, there are plenty of comic book movies being made, and there are always cartoons like Young Justice. Meanwhile, primetime television offers the cape and a Wonder Woman pilot not good enough to get picked up for broadcast. If the Funny Books hosts were given the power to produce a live-action comic book TV show, what would be the result? Well, I'm thinking it would have to be barbed wire, right? <laughs> or the machine. Was the machine head? Well, That's I, Paul's I answer. I loved yeah. machine head. Machine head was great. Archer and Armstrong? No, I'm just <laughs> Well, you know, th- this is what I would do. If I had someone gave me my own TV show, I-, I would make Dracula Company of Monsters. Yeah, you would. Oh, I mean, yeah. look at it. It's it's a decent budget because the, the, the special effects are not going to be uh, – uh, Unduly. I mean, there, there's going to be some supernatural violence with Dracula killing people and impaling them, but it's not going to be like Wonder Woman or Green Lantern, where you're going to have constant special effects needs. Yeah. It's going to appeal more to a mainstream audience. Uh, you know, it stands outside of any continuity. You don't have to worry about people having any frame of reference before they sit down to the show. Uh, you could get Dr- Daryl Gregory to write the script. Daryl Gregory. We, we all love him. <laughs> so, you know, you got the good cost containment. It's a great story. I think it would fit well into an episodic uh, format, and, and I think it would appeal to a wide range of people. So I, I say Dracula, the Company of Monsters, the TV show. I am watching right now. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my uh, TiVo season pass set up. I'm ready. <laughs> I can't really argue with that. That's just no. a fantastic idea. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't argue with that either. But, but Tim can. Tim, argue. With everything. Uh, what I well, I I don't care about company. Uh, what I would write is I would write <laughs> I would write Avengers Academy, and I I think you'd have to do a little bit of changing on some of the the powers to make it fit under TV budget because you can't put somebody uh you, you can't deal with metal, I mean without some significant money, um, but you know you could have the same concept of about broken young heroes who are lied to and said they're the future, but in reality they're kind of on like lockdown because they're worried that they're going to go bad and i'd kind of aim it for that cw audience that uh like superman or a uh, smallville um that would like like the teenage kind of like story but in, i would you know hope to have better writing on it so maybe, <laughs> so maybe we'd see if christos gage would want to write the scripts for it but i mean i think that would fit the tv show budget i think you'd have some young adult interest in it because of the the, the um the station you would put it on mm-hmm. and I, I i would love to see that story live um you know and i also wrote down that i think a, a, a moon knight uh a tv show would be kind of fun too although i'd be worried that they would cape it see i use that as a verb too <laughs> <laughs> but my 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 number one pitch would be avengers academy i'd watch that um, I really think that for television, I think it, it kind of it, it's hard to go the superhero route unless you're doing something like an Avengers Academy, like Tim said, where it's you know it doesn't have to be costumed characters. It could take the same basic core concept of the uh, comic book and translate it to the screen, uh, you know, without the costumes. Because I, I think one thing we've learned: costumes just don't work on live action television. I don't know if it's a budgetary thing or whatever, but I have not seen a good costume on a live action TV show Paul, since Flash. Since Flash, Paul, and even let, then, let me, that let was me like they only question. had three costumes because it was always dirty. Yes. Uh, did you ever see the uh, X Men Two special feature with Hugh Jackman in the actual Wolverine costume? 
No. Well, they, they were trying to prove a point of why they didn't go with the actual costumes for that movie. Uh, grown men in tights, a little strange, a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was ridiculous looking. So, and that's why I'm saying, you know, I think you need to to branch out from the the, the superhero caped costumes and and do something like I'm going to throw out a, a couple of ideas here. I think Preacher would make a good like HBO TV series, and I, I think they keep trying to do it as a movie, and it doesn't work because the story is just too vast to do in a movie setting. Um, and I I loved Preacher, and I would I would watch a five year long Preacher series that you know gave the entire story. Um, in addition, Lock and Key, which I know no one else reads but me, but Lock and Key from IDW, which is written by Joe Hill, uh, Stephen King's son. It's a little sad because they actually did a pilot that did not get picked up, but, um, I think that would work excellently as a TV series. I just, you know, and it's almost like a, you know, a, a lost type thing where there's an ongoing mythology, you know, you could have, you know, it throughout the seasons. I think something like that would work better than like a Batman because Batman, I think works primo in animation and you know we love the movies but it's an ongoing tv series i don't know if you if i would watch an ongoing batman tv series lord knows i dropped out of smallville for six years in the middle there so well you know you're going to be getting an ongoing batman tv series you guys know that right know what Hmm. uh after after this last chris nolan movie they're not going to do Batman in movie form for a while. They're going to put him on TV in the Chris Nolan universe. That way, the the transition from movie to TV is a way for them to switch actors and not have it be uh, too disarming to people. But they're going to st- like the, the, these three Chris Nolan movies are going to set up the TV show, and they're not gonna they're not gonna go back to uh, to theaters for a while. Yeah, I hadn't heard I anything about like that. You know what? Yeah, I what did, kind like, of comic book podcast is this? <laughs> well, I, I think I think what people aren't saying, Jonathan, is that they're questioning the the validity of the news you're sharing. Yeah. I think what they're saying is, yeah. huh? He just pulled that out of his ass. Nope, this news <laughs> this news is very valid, sirs. We're gonna need no to see your source. No comics is his source. <laughs> yeah, it, it hasn't been at any reputable news sources that I've I've read, like ideologyofmadness.com. Exactly, yeah, that's reputable. Or did you guys watch that Phantom show? No, the Phantom. I would have, but I didn't. The TV movie. Oh man, that was really good. I would have, I would have, but I didn't catch it on the DVR, so I never got to see it. Anyway, so who has to answer this question, Aaron? Um, I say I haven't answered yet either. Go Wayne. Oh, Wayne. Uh, I would love to see a Batman show, but I agree. I don't think it can be done. Um, I wish it could be done, but I mean, right now, I just don't think it can be. It's going to uh, be done. <laughs> with the same thing, I would love Tell to see you. a new Superman show, but I, I just I think we need some time after Smallville. So I'm going to go with Why the Last Man. I think that could make a very interesting multi-season TV show, but you'd have to do it knowing you were going to end. You know, it would have to be one of those. We're going to do this many seasons. That's it. We're not going to stretch it out after that, and just be done with it. Yeah, I wouldn't be watching that. <laughs> Aaron loved Why the Last Man. God, I hated that book. But you know, we're we're seeing a lot of Vertigo books, and it's kind of true. Like Northlanders would make a hell of an HBO TV oh, show. Oh fuck yeah, I, I would watch the hell out of Northlanders. But you know, I th- I don't know because Northlanders is really a uh, anthology kind of story you know you don't have the same characters repeating 
So, like, you know, you have the, the first story arc in that was uh, uh, the Sven character. And, you know, that, that could actually be a season. I wonder how well it would work, you know, in subsequent sequen- seasons or subsequent seasons. Um, yeah, subsequent, Aaron. Get it right. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, you know, when, when folks are having to, you know, see, be reintroduced to characters each time. You know, I'm not sure how well anthology series do. But, yeah, I'd watch the hell out of that. It would do well with me. Which means that it would end after eight episodes. See, so, yeah, I beat Tim to it. So. I well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> now you know if if I had the ability to put on a, a uh, superhero TV show, I would resist my dying urge to uh, put Birds of Prey back on. You know, just yeah, I think that's a good yeah, move there. Resist that. Put it in a lockbox. Put Love some cement show. around it and throw it off the pier. Instead. You know, I, I would try to provide a show, a story that folks haven't seen before. And I, I hearken back to a discussion we had earlier uh, where the story that I would like to be would be Superman and Son. You know, where Superman is, is a single father raising his young child, um, you know, and either, you know, he and the mother are divorced, the mother is dead, whatever. Maybe that's part of the mystery. What the hell happened to mom? You know, and that's your ongoing thing. So, you know, he's got to deal with, you know, raising his son, soccer games, you know, fighting villains. You know, what do you what do you do about child care? You know, uh, Andrew seems to think that it is in it is spectacularly unwise to take the child with you when you're fighting Brainiac. Um, I look, it did. It didn't work well in Angel. I don't think it's going to work well for for, for that. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, you know I like that. Son. Uh-huh. And all I heard was Sanford and Son. So now I've got Superman grabbing his heart every time Kryptonite's in. Like, I'm coming! I'm coming, Elizabeth! I'm, I'm coming, Monel! I'm coming! Work. I think the concept could work, but it would be a lot more fun if instead of Superman it was Omni-Man. And it was an Invincible series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm just I'm interested in seeing you know that story being told. Because you know, it's not something we've seen you know, in regular continuity or in an ongoing format. And that's something I, I could really get a kick out of. You know, you, you get the opportunity to have Superman dating, though I'm not really sure the I'm, – I'm not really uh, hooked into the appeal there, but apparently other people think it's important. But I do like the idea of, of seeing Superman being a father and, you know, having that, that kind of ongoing challenge and ongoing story. You know, we – on on uh, Twitter, we've all been talking about how excited we are to see that uh, Deep Space Nine uh, and the other Star Trek series are going to be streaming on Netflix. And one of my favorite episodes from Deep Space Nine is you know the episode that's just Captain Cisco and his son you know out there on a solar sailboat you know having an adventure together. You know, I, I love that episode and I love the relationship between those characters. I'd like to see that in a Superman story. No, no, that sounds interesting. But you, you had to go with Cisco for me to get interested in that. See, I, I'm all about Captain Ben Cisco. Ooh, he could play Superman, that guy. <laughs> well, or, <laughs> it's you know, a reimagining. Well, or you could have a milestone character. You could have uh, Icon. There you go, Icon. Yeah, played by that guy. Played by that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he a hawk from Spencer for Hire? Yes. Yeah. I forget his name. Yeah. The Has actor? he done anything since Deep Space Nine? Avery, Avery, Avery uh, Brooks. There you go. And I think he's done some Star Trek conventions since then. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. He's a great actor. I, I don't know why he doesn't do more work. 
Well, any final thoughts on big episode 100? Well, I'd like to say that if we didn't answer your question, you don't have to wait until a, you know, a big episode to ask them. You know, hit us up on Twitter or you you got the phone number. I don't have it because I don't I don't have to have it, but you know. What <laughs> <laughs> yes, they, they do they do an episode every week where they might not answer your question. That's <laughs> well, and, and I know we got a few uh, we got a few Knights of Rainsboro questions, and I believe we decided we're going to handle them in an episode of Knights of Rainsboro. So if you asked about that, pay attention, and, and they'll be coming up in a future episode of Knights of Rainsboro that season is, one. Yeah, in other words, if you're not listening to like Knights of Rainsboro season two, um, fucking, listen to it. <laughs> fucking listen to it right now. That's right. We've we had uh, issue zero point five uh, was released recently, and then last week we released released. Issue number one, and week after this, issue number two. Very I can't fun. wait. I can't wait till we see the, the the triumphant return of of old Jonathan with his new character, the Blue Waffle. Oh, <laughs> good. <laughs> oh, I kind of thought the Blue Waffle more is a villain than a hero. Oh, it's definitely villainous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a no, no, no. I can't, no, I can't, I cannot abide by Blue Waffle. <laughs> cannot abide. <laughs> One podcast. That's all I could take Blue Waffle in. Well, I got a question for 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 Aaron and Polly. You know, the innovators, the, the headliners, entrepreneurs, yeah, our favorite, the headliners. We love you all equally. Are you going to be around for another hundred? You know, I, I honestly, I, I don't know how how what. Uh, what Paul thinks about this, but uh, I didn't think we'd make a hundred. One of my buddies asked me the other day, he says, well, you know, wh- why just stick with it? You know, and one, it's because it's just thundered and I'll get out. I like being able to talk to my buddies every week about comic books. And, you know, I've been involved in other projects with my friends that, that didn't enjoy near the success that we've enjoyed with uh, funny books and ideology of madness. Um, and I think it's because we've all, surrounded ourselves with people who are passionate about what we're doing. They're passionate about the hobby. They're passionate about, you know, uh, sharing the hobby. Uh, and so the, the success of, uh, funny books with Aaron and Polly and all you other types is because everybody who comes to the mics shares that passion. And that's, that's, I'm stunned that we made it to a hundred. I'm thankful that we're here and yeah, hell yeah. I'm going to be around for the next hundred. Uh, I will absolutely agree. You know, I think I think we got to episode twelve and we were like, "Holy shit, this is actually happening." Um, <laughs> we did it now, again. <laughs> yeah, but I think now we're at episode one hundred, and in two years, essentially, of uh, recording, I can think of. I mean, yeah, we Aaron or I or one of you guys may have missed an episode here or there, but as far as actually not recording on a week. You know, where we've had to record two episodes one week or used an interview, that type of thing. I can only think of maybe two or three times where that's happened in two years. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, you we, know, my, my attendance isn't even that good at work. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, you know, our uh, we have never missed a week for content. And I, I'm, I, I am awfully proud of that, that we have we have provided, you know, our listeners with something new. At least one new thing every week since we started, and you know there are weeks when we release three things, you know where we're, where we're releasing you know the the main show, an interview, and an actual play. Uh, that's pretty damn awesome, and people seem to enjoy what they're listening to. That's the other thing. 
You know, it's yeah. not just that we're releasing it for us and our moms. Hi, <laughs> mom. Our moms sure as hell don't listen to it. <laughs> well, Paul's mom does because you know she likes how we talk about her all the time. Yeah. Well, and Aaron's mom does because you know she likes how we talk about her all the time. <laughs> and Nana, Jonathan's Nana likes to listen. <laughs> Even though don't Jonathan forget. doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget the giant chicken. Oh yeah, dirty, oh, yeah. dirty chicken. Pluck some of that. So you know, <laughs> so uh, you know, you guys who uh, joined us after our our first episode, what do you think? You guys going to be around for uh, for the next uh, century of uh, podcasting? I think that I'll come back after the next one hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll be around for it. You know, as long as my heart uh, doesn't give out for all the for all the pain and anguish that this uh, freaking comic book industry does, to me, <laughs> I'll be I'll be around. Right. It doesn't, you know, it's fun, it, it's it's just hanging out with the boys. You know, it really is. And that's, you know, we're talking about something that everybody loves, and then now we're you know we're actually gaming. So it, yeah, I I wouldn't see it any other way. And I genuinely like four out of the five of you. So. <laughs> I'll try to do better, sir. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't have to say him by name. <laughs> but, you know, I got to say, I don't see myself not collecting comics anymore or not reading comics anymore. You know, yeah, we've had some hard times. Yeah, there's, you know, we may not like an entire universe. You know, we dropped out of Marvel during Dark Reign. Who knows if this reboot's going to keep us in DC or scare us away? Yeah. Um, you know, but I there I, I feel that there is enough content out there right now in the world of funny books to keep us interested and engaged in with something new to talk about every week. Yeah. Well, you know, I I think that since we've started the podcast, my love for comics has only deepened, but the way I read comics has changed significantly. I'm not reading. I, I'm reading a, a lot of my books digitally, probably reading somewhere around 30% of my books digitally. Um, would like to increase that number, but of course, you know, day and date is, is the concern and format. You know, we, we've had those conversations, so I won't, I won't beat that horse. But I, I like yourself, Paul. I think I'm always going to be a comic book reader. It's just how I'm reading my comics that's going to change. That said, I guess we'll wrap up episode 100. Uh, again, look out this week for uh, a, an interview with Jim Starlin, writer of Breed 3, creator of Dreadstar, uh, creator of Thanos. Hey, should we just drop the news now before someone else beats us to it before Wednesday? Why don't you? <laughs> so on this Jim Starlin interview, and this is a good way to wrap up our episode. You know, it, so this is like important shit. So Jim Starlin's, you know, talking, just a sneak preview of the episode, talking about Thanos. And we said, hey, yeah, Thanos is a great character. He's really kind of a hit. And uh, Jim Starlin, as you'll hear, says, you know, you're right. And I have it on good authority that Thanos is going to be at the end of the Avengers movie. So the creator of Thanos said Thanos is in the Avengers movie. So. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Check it out. It's a good interview. It'll release on Wednesday. And uh, 
I think I think that's a irreputable source. I don't know. I think we're gonna have to wait and see if that actually. He also said there would be a Batman TV series. <laughs> that that I can believe. I, I think the title for Ash episode one hundred one is gonna be called Cease and Desist. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a bunch, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Later. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.